if you go back to my channel and look at the earliest, earliest videos, you'll see a lot of videos like what is a savings account? What is a mm -hmm. checking account? CD, what is a CD account? Very simple subject, but a lot of people unfortunately don't know what those things are. Welcome back to Young Smart Money with me, your host, Apple Crater. Today, we have somebody on the show whose content I have been consuming for a very long time now, over two years. His name is Jeremy, and he runs the Financial Education Channel on YouTube, where he talks about the latest stock market news and all things investing related. At this point in time, Jeremy is putting out over seven videos a week between multiple YouTube channels and a private stock market group. So this guy is putting out a ton of content and making multiple six figures doing so I wanted to have him on the show to share his experiences with you and share with you guys how you can start to put out a lot more content in your business and how you can begin to grow either a YouTube channel, a podcast, just some kind of content creation platform in a sustainable way that's going to allow you to build a real business and really find success following whatever you are passionate about. So without further ado, we're going to bring Jeremy on to Young Smart Money. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this interview. All right, Jeremy, welcome to Young Smart Money. How are you doing today? Great, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man, it's my pleasure. Awesome, man. This glad, is cool. Yeah, I'm glad to have you here sharing your information, your knowledge, your experiences with our listeners today. So for anyone who doesn't know what you're up to right now um, and what financial education is, can you give us a quick like 60-second intro as to who you are and what you're doing right now? Yeah, so Financial Education, it's a YouTube channel I started back in early, early 2016, and um, it, we've just been building it for a long time, and I think we got over 280,000 subscribers now, and it's mainly focused on educating uh, on investing, but mostly stock market investing, that's where the main focus is. Um, also cover a little bit of money subjects in general, and things like that, a little bit of business once in a while, but it's more heavily dominated by stock market investing and whatnot. And uh, just trying to teach people, but also inspire people, get people excited about it. Cause I feel like a lot of people, uh, you know, something a lot of people would be into, but they just think about it, it might be like a, something boring. Um, and so trying to bring excitement to the space as well. So that's, that's kind of what's going on there. A hundred percent. And like you were one of the first, when I started getting into the whole personal finance and investing space, you were one of the first channels that I came across cause you've been making content for a long time. Um, so like your stuff was one of the, one of the main catalysts that got me in, interested in this whole area of things. So, um, it's really cool to have you on the show today. Oh, that is awesome. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> that inspires me. So that is great, man. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. Well, it's definitely well-deserved. Um, so can you share with our listeners, um, about your upbringing? I'm always curious about the people I have on the show where they got started. So as a kid, were you the person who was like sitting in the back of the class slinging Snickers bars? Were you like opening up lemonade stands? Like what, what was that looking like for you? Uh, for me, you know, as far as my childhood goes, I, I grew up with, um, well, when we were, when I was really small, we were, you know, very poor and whatnot on food stamps and all those sorts of things. And then when I got a little older, my parents started small businesses. And so um, I started actually going with them and uh, my dad started a small uh, pool cleaning business. This was out in Arizona. My mom had a small uh, house cleaning business that she started. So I would go, always go to work with them. And like when the other kids would like get summer break, I would always go like clean pools and stuff with my dad. And uh, so I got kind of introduced to like being an entrepreneur at a very young age. Um, so that kind of really opened up my eyes. And then, uh, you know, school was never my thing really, uh, per se. 
you know, when I was able to get into college and then I went to community college, I didn't go to university. But when I did that and I got into the business space, I just found that that was what I really enjoyed. That's actually what I got good grades in. That's what I cared about. Um, most subjects were not strengths of mine, you know, reading and writing and, and uh, math and those type of subjects. They just didn't, they couldn't, I couldn't keep my attention for it. But business, uh, money, things like that just really interest me. So, um, and, and uh, you know, I was always into sports and being competitive and trying to be the best and things like that, especially in high school and whatnot. So that pretty much covers that. 100%. When were you first introduced to business investing entrepreneur like stocks? Um, was that something that happened in high school? Was that not till community college? Well, it's funny. I remember there was one day when I was maybe like, I don't know, maybe 11 or 12 years old. I think wow. my dad had the stock market channel on. He wasn't really, he wasn't a stock market investor or anything, but he just happened to have it on at one point. And I thought it was like so cool. And there was all the tickers and whatnot. I remember I had this little book and I wrote down some stocks and I'm like, I would buy this stock at $12 a share. I had no clue what I was doing. <laughs> I never bought any stocks or anything like that. But I remember that's when I was introduced. And then also they worked out in the retirement community and the retirement community. Um, it seemed like you know, a lot of older folks were kind of more in tune with what's going on in the stock market and they might be watching the stock market channels, CNBC and things like that. So it was always something that fascinated me. And, um, and, but I never really got into it until I was about 18 or 19 years old after I graduated high school. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, this is, this is something I really want to pursue. So. Okay. And then, so as you're in community college, as you're developing this interest in the stock market, um, when did you sort of take that leap and, and, and really start uh, investing and then start creating content as well. Yeah, I think as far as um, actually investing, I think I was 19 when I started investing. I started looking in the stock market when I was like late 18 years old. Mm -hmm. Then I started investing. I was during the recession and, um, you know, it was just crazy financial turmoil and whatnot at that time. And, you know, everybody was losing their shirts. It was, you know, it was an interesting time to get started in the stock market. And I just yeah. started with a hundred bucks. Um, and, and kind of got rolling that way. And then as far as like content, I didn't start any, you know, putting it out there as far as like, oh, I'm a stock market investor publicly and whatnot until that was 2016 when I started the YouTube channel. But uh, yeah, I started investing in when I was 19. That was about 2009, I believe, 2009. Um, and then from there, it just kept building and building. Solid. So between the time when you started investing and when you started creating content, walk us through some of like the ups and downs and your experience that you had with investing throughout this time period that led you eventually to start teaching others about it. So for the most part, it was mostly ups, um, you know, along the way, like 2009, it was just building and would save money. I would save, sure. you know, a thousand, maybe 2000 bucks a month. I where were you working at this time? Or like, where was the money I, coming from? I was working at that time at a company named QT, Quick Trip, okay. um, which was like a convenience store chain. Um, and that covered me. I started working there in 2010 and I worked there until about 2014. So I would just, you know, stash money away, invest it. I would just invest every, you know, every, you know, bit of money I could. And uh, I was getting great gains. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, 2014 comes, I was like 20, I think it was before it was even age 25. I had like $200,000, like just in stocks alone. Wow. And uh, things were going amazing. And then I started, uh, unfortunately, that's when the down started. I got into what's called margin trading, which is essentially when you start to leverage out money and you have to pay interest on that money and you start really having to get short-term gains. I was really value focused, long-term mm -hmm. investing focused, focused on companies for years. Then I started in this margin trading and uh, I lost a massive amount of capital in 2015 
uh, in a very short amount of time because I went against everything. It uh, really made me successful. I started doing all these things that were like, you know, short-term trading and whatnot. And uh, that was rough, man. That was a rough, uh, you know, time period. But out of that ended up coming uh, that I was going to have to do something. So that's how I started my real estate marketing company. Then I went ahead and started the YouTube channel in 2016. And so if it wasn't for, you know, what happened in 2015 and me going so far off the rails, I probably wouldn't be here today. So that's the, I guess the one bright spot of it. But when it comes to investing, it was mostly all ups and uh, that's only trouble. Cause sometimes you, you just, you know, we're killing it. And then uh, you know um, you, you let your head get too big and you get hurt. So, and that's essentially what ended up happening to me in 2015. So a hundred percent. So was it mostly just like being this young 20 year old kid with like $200,000 in your brokerage account being like, well, I can do anything at this point. Like I've, I've been able to do all of this. Like, why can't I, like, I'm, I know what I'm doing. I could just do this too. Yeah. I would, I would say that, you know, all of a sudden it was like, I was starting to do earnings trades where I would put, mm. you know, a hundred thousand dollars, uh, you know, in, in, in a stock, just basically playing it on earnings and hoping, you know, it either goes up, you know, 5% or 10% or 20%. But sometimes on a one day trade, you know, could easily go down 10%. And then you got a hundred K in that stock. You just lost $10,000 in, in less than 24 hours. So, uh, yeah, it was just basically, you know, just started thinking I could do everything and, um, just starting to get greedy with it and just trying to, you know, say, Oh, if I only got 30% last year, I want to get a hundred percent this year. And, um, you know, when you start trying to push it to the limit, especially in investing, you're trying to force things, it usually doesn't turn out well. And it definitely didn't turn out well. So yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So then that led into these two different ventures that you started the real estate marketing company and the, um, channel on YouTube. Um, talk to us a little bit about that process and, and what made you decide clearly there was some like financial stress going on. Um, but what made you want to take that leap into entrepreneurship and actually starting your own business and transitioning away from quick trip? Well, I was at a position at that time because I had already left quick trip and whatnot. I had been like not doing anything other than obviously the margin trading okay. like a year. And, um, so I was in a position where it was either like, I'm going to go back to the, the corporate workforce. I actually had a job lined up with a uh, pilot flying J, which is like a gas station chain uh, out here. And they were going to like hire me as a manager and whatnot. I had that all lined up or I was like, I could start a business. And so I started the real estate marketing company. And, uh, at first it was really slow and it didn't look like it was going to work and whatnot. And slowly, but surely it got rolling. But, and then in January, 2016, I started the financial education channel and I was able to start that because I was so not busy from the real estate marketing company. Cause it was in the early days and I was just like contact customers. I would send like tons of emails out to realtors and whatnot. And um, you know, it was just a, a tough period, but I, I was like, I got all this extra time. Let me just start teaching people about, you know, financial related subjects. And that's how I started. I, you know, put a little GoPro camera on uh, I don't even think I had a tripod on that at that point in time. Uh, but I put a little GoPro camera out in front of me. It would like record soup. I still have the cha uh, these videos up on my channel. It would record like super wide in the office and whatnot. It was just ridiculous. But uh, uh, I don't even think I had a microphone. I think I would record the audio through a laptop and then like try to sync it to the video. It was ridiculous. But uh, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a tough decision because it was like, you know, the corporate grind, it was like guaranteed money um, or I could try this new thing and try to get to a next level. Um, so I decided obviously on the, on the, uh, you know, the entrepreneur way and I'm, I'm happy I did. So. Interesting. So what made you choose real, real estate marketing? Um, did you, did you have any experience in that area or was it just something where you saw like potential or, or it seems kind of random? Just, it's just something I wanted. To, so I had a friend out here in Las Vegas. We had moved out here to Las Vegas in 2015 
And um, he had a lot of friends that were doing really well in life, let's put it that way, and they had okay. beautiful homes and whatnot. And I thought, what if when these homes went up for sale, what if they uh, you know, had beautiful videos done with drones and things like that to really market these type of properties? And at that time, that wasn't like a big thing. Um, maybe some properties out of LA would do that and whatnot, but out here in Vegas, it wasn't a big thing. So that was the, um, I was just like, I could do this. Okay. So I got a drone, I got like, you know, video equipment, all this type of stuff. And I was horrible at first, obviously. And I just saw it as an opportunity and I went after it and just started cold calling the, uh, you know, uh, realtors or cold emailing them, hoping, you know, somebody would get back to me. And it was slow at first. It was really slow, but, uh, it took about nine months to really start getting that up and running. I started that in the fall of 2015. And then it wasn't until summer of 2016 that I was like, okay, okay, we're, we're making it now. And I was able to actually start paying the bills, like the, just like the family bills and whatnot, without taking money out of my savings, which was like a big step for me, which was like, you know, um, but yeah, I didn't know anybody in the industry. Didn't know anybody, uh, didn't really have any experience, obviously. And it was just something I wanted to go after, so. What made you, what made you keep going after like nine months of just like grinding it out and not really getting to that point where you even paying your bills with this? Like what, what was, what was driving you? Um, I don't know. Maybe I was a little crazy in the head. <laughs> it's like, no, it's just at, at a certain point, you're just like, uh, you might see a little bit of progress here, a little bit of progress there. And then if you just see enough progress, it's like, okay, we're on the right track. I think it would have been easier to stop if I had no progress at all, if I had okay. no customers, if there was no growth. But the fact that there was just this little bits of growth, and this is actually the same story for YouTube, little bits of growth. And uh, over time, it was just like, I think this can happen. I think this can work. And then we got to the point where it actually did work and we were able to pay bills. And then where it was like, oh, we have a little extra money at the end of the month. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of, you know, it was just kind of like, if you see enough consistent growth, you're just going to, you know, you're going to keep doing it. And that's just kind of what I did. I pushed through, I was patient and, and I'm certainly happy I was. A hundred percent. And I, I definitely see how, how you would do that. But I feel like a lot of people, because I mean, most businesses aren't successful. And even if people are seeing like that little incremental growth, sometimes that's not enough to keep someone going. So um, I, I'm really curious about what you think differentiates yourself from the people who, who give up, from the people who just like fizzle out um, on a venture that they're working on, even if maybe they're seeing those incremental gains, um, but they're just not, it, it's not enough for them or, or they're just not able to keep going. So what do you think is, is the differentiator there? Well, I think there's really two, uh, I would say three factors. Um, the first are, are a couple easy ones, patience. Not everybody has patience. Mm -hmm. And then um, the second part, I would say belief in myself and belief that things are going to work out. Um, you know, you can almost call it blind belief, which is what a lot of entrepreneurs have. But the last part is I still have a decent chunk saved away where I feel like a lot of people who don't have any savings it would be really hard for them to kind of uh, keep going because they just don't have any money. During those, you know, first, let's say nine months or so when we weren't able to cut it, I was still able to pull money out of my, you know, uh, brokerage account or savings or whatever and pay bills. Um, not everybody has that liberty. Um, so the fact that I had built, you know, what I had built prior to uh, leaving Quick Trip, I think that's what helped me. But also, also patience and just a belief in myself. 100%. So do you think it's more... Hold on just a second. I just got to take my son out. He, he got in there. <laughs> oh. Okay, we're back. <laughs> uh, no worries, no worries. Uh, so do you think, um, obviously, 
I don't think you've been in this second experience, but hypothetically, um, do you think it'd be more effective for an entrepreneur to spend some time to build up a bunch of resources and, and really build up like a solid savings account that they could use as runway while they launch their new business or for them to just dive into it and sort of have their back against the wall and have to just like make it work? Like which of those scenarios, obviously it sounds like you've had more experience with the first one, um, but, but, but what's your thought there? Well, see, in my case, although I had, you know, still savings, I felt like my back, it was against the wall because we were constantly, one, I had lost a ton of money in, in 2015, like over hundred K. So a ton of our capital had already been lost. And then on top of that, you know, as you're pulling out more and more money to just, you know, live off of, I really felt like my back was against the wall. Um, so, you know, I think regardless, you're going to feel like kind of your back's against the wall, unless you have so much money saved away, you might have millions or something that you can just live off of for the rest of your life or something. Um, but I feel like most folks, you're going to feel like your back's up against the wall, even if you have 50K saved away or 100K. But I think the fact that you have some money saved away is going to help a lot because you'll be able to funnel money into resources that might uh, obviously help you with your businesses. And then also not only that, but it's going to give you some, some time to build. Whereas I feel like a lot of people run out of time just because they don't have anything saved and they're like, I need to like eat tonight. I need a, like a place to stay tonight. <laughs> so they just can't make it. So I would say, you know, you should feel like your back's up against the wall, even if you have 20 K saved or 50 K or hundred K or whatever, regardless, because you know, if you are not starting to cut it, like you're going to run out of money within the next few months or the next year or so. So. Absolutely. So I want to pivot a little bit more into the YouTube side of things. And with, with your channel, Financial Education, what was kind of the vision when you first had that project in your mind? Like, what was sort of, what was the purpose? What, 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 did, you, what did you imagine it being and what did you imagine it turning into? Well, when I imagined it, it was more like just educating people on financial related subjects. So even if you go back to my channel and look at the earliest, earliest videos, you'll see a lot of videos like what is a savings account? What is a checking account? CD, what is a CD account? Very simple subject, but a lot of people unfortunately don't know what those things are. Um, so that was kind of the vision in the earliest days. And then I was also doing my entrepreneurial journey. So I was trying to share some entrepreneur tips, but then every once in a while I would do stock market. So it's funny the way everything transitioned because it, I never really imagined it being a stock market, you know, focused channel. Although that's like my number one passion in life. I wouldn't necessarily have expected it. And, um, over time, it was just clear as day, like people want stock market information from me. They want me talking about the stock market more than business, more than personal finance. And so that's just where the channel ended up going over time. And uh, I think it's just the part the viewers can just feel the energy or the passion I have behind that segment. And they, they uh, gravitated toward that. And, and I you know, realized, well, that's where the views are at. So that's where I'm going to go. And, and that's what I honestly enjoy talking about more than anything. But in the early days, yeah, it was just like, oh, I'll talk mostly about personal finance stuff. That's what I thought. And then, yeah, it's, it's kind of like that a lot of times when you start a business or anything. It's like it, it morphs into something you never even knew it was going to be. And that's kind of where it went. So, yeah. Did you know you could make money on YouTube when you started or was that sort of something that you stumbled across later? No, I absolutely knew you could make money on YouTube. I okay. absolutely knew that. Um, you know, and I never really pictured it, obviously getting to the levels we're at now, but you know, I always thought, you know, maybe someday we could make money from this. Uh, but yeah, you know, I knew you could make money, but it's just like one of those things. It was like, that'd be cool if we made actually made money from YouTube someday. Like imagine making like 500 bucks or a thousand bucks a month from YouTube. But, uh, yeah, it was just kind of like, I, I knew it. Yeah. I, okay. I 
you know, kind of done some research on YouTube. I obviously had heard stories about this YouTuber makes, you know, a million dollars a year from posting videos and whatnot. It's hard not to, you know, find those type of stories, especially, you know, on CNBC and whatnot. Sure. So, uh, yeah. Um, how long did it take you to actually start seeing like real traction, real momentum with your channel? Was it something, cause I know you were one of the first people out there providing a channel like this. So, so was it something that caught on pretty quickly? Would you, did you have to like wait a long time to have proof of concept or, or what did that process look like for you? It was really slow. It was really slow. And I actually, you know, a lot of people do think like my channel was like the, one of the first on YouTube. It really wasn't. It was just the first channel to really become a success on YouTube. Um, there've been a lot of stock market channels or personal finance channels or, or things like that, um, on YouTube for basically since YouTube was created in 2006, but not a lot of people understood the YouTube game really. Um, so, so, you know, I just want to kind of, you know, uh, that's kind of like a myth that my channel was like the first, it was just the first yeah. to be successful in the space, you know, cause I remember I wouldn't, before I started my channel, I looked into it. And uh, I, you know, just typed in like stock market trading or stock market investing or like stock market channels. And uh, there were a lot of channels, but they, it just the folks didn't get any views, to mm. be quite frank. Um, so it took about nine to 10 months before I started seeing real traction. And then I think around month nine or 10, we hit our first month of like a hundred plus dollars in ad revenue. And I was like, whoa, that's cool. And then all of a sudden it was a couple hundred bucks and whatnot. So yeah, it was about nine or 10 months before it was like, it was real. It was probably six months before I started seeing decent growth, decent growth, meaning like 10 plus new subscribers a day or something like that. Um, but I remember like it was month nine or 10 sometime around like September, October. And it was all of a sudden we did over a hundred bucks in a month. And I was like, Whoa, are you kidding me? That was like so cool at the time. So yeah, it took a while. Wow. And by that time I posted, uh, I say what I would probably have posted a hundred to 200 videos already at that point. So, you know, I could have made more like in a third world country making Nike shoes than what I made on YouTube at that particular time, you know? So yeah, yeah I'm sure the hourly on that was not anything <laughs> to be proud of. No, no, probably pennies per hour. So, yeah. <laughs> At that point, were you also, because right now you're making videos every single day on this channel. So were you, when you started, were you doing daily videos? When I started, I was almost, well, so I started in that January, I did a few videos okay. and then I just kind of let it be for a little bit. And then I came back in maybe February or March of that year and I did some more videos and I left it alone for a little bit. And then around the springtime of that year, I think it was April, maybe I started doing daily videos on the channel. And, um, yeah, in that time I was pretty much putting out a video almost every single day. And then especially in the summertime of that year, 2016, I was getting to a point where I was like, okay, we're doing a video, excuse me, every single day and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, we, we, we got to that point where it was like, let's do, let's do a video every single day. And that's what I would do. And, uh, and uh, it was, it was, it, it could work because a real estate marketing company usually only took a few hours of my time each day. It wasn't like the real estate marketing company took eight to 10 hours a day. It was more like that took some days it might take eight to 10 hours out of my day, but most days it was like, maybe it takes a couple hours out of the day. So I had all this free time and I was like, let's do videos. And so I started doing one a day pretty much by the summertime of that year. Wow. And when you started to make that shift into doing one a day, were there like significant results that you saw or with like, was it still, was it, it was still, still slow. Okay. Yeah, it was still slow. There was better results, but it was still slow at that time, I would say. Um, but we were, we were getting somewhere. You could feel like, you know, progress was being made. 
and also always getting better because all those uploads you're going to yeah. get better at doing whatever you do whether it's you know doing youtube videos or podcasts whatever as practice goes on you're gonna get better and better and better at it and uh so you know it was still slow but it was it was growth it was growth nonetheless we weren't going backwards we were going forward and it was like okay let, let's keep rolling and that that growth was enough to keep you on and keep you getting up every day and doing a video yes yeah it was just enough growth that i was like there's progress being made you know who knows where we'll go with this but but there's 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 faith (laughs) that we can do something so absolutely were you recording a single video every single day or would you like sit down on like one day and record all of them and then edit them throughout the week or what did that look like for you well sometimes i would record one every single day sometimes if i knew i had a really big real estate marketing day but i still wanted to put out a video i would record a few in advance um, let's say I didn't have any real estate marketing jobs that day, no pictures, no videos, nothing. Then at that point I might do two or three videos just to get, you know, kind of ahead. Mm-hmm. Nowadays I don't do that. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I record that day. I pretty much release that day. But at that time, since I was doing a lot of, uh, what I call like search type videos, it was easy for me to do that because they weren't really news related. So if I released mm-hmm. it tomorrow or today or a week from now, it didn't really matter. So yeah, I, w- I would sometimes batch record, batch edit, and then just save them on my desktop and, and uh, release them whenever I needed to. Hmm. And now a lot of what you're doing is news related, right? Yeah, I would say I'm much more in the news related type stuff as far as stock market news and whatnot, because a lot of the education type videos I've already covered. And now I've also started a second channel, Financial Education 2, which in that channel, I, t- I talk a bit about, um, you know, a little more education focus, maybe a little less news related. But as far as the main channel, yeah, it's definitely dominated toward news related subjects, what's going on in the market, what's going on in particular stocks, in, in my opinions and things like that. So. so you're still putting out a video every single day on this first channel, and then you make the decision to make a second channel? Well, yeah, I do about five to six uploads on the main channel. And then uh, we're doing about, we're going to aim to do four to five on the second channel. So yeah, I'm hiring a full-time video editor is going to live with us starting, uh, that would be starting April 1st. So that's going to help alleviate because up until right now, I'm still editing all my own videos. So it's all, wow. Then I also have a private stock market group. I have to edit videos. That's like at least two videos a week for that group. So it's needless to say, I can be editing anywhere from 10 to 15 videos in a given week. So it's, it's quite a bit on top of recording on top of all the other stuff I have going on. So how do you, how do you like create all of this content? Because there's a lot of people out there who, who, who say like, I can't even make a video a week. Um, And you're here, you're making potentially 15 videos in a week that you're filming, you're planning, you're editing, you're doing all of this stuff. So like, what what's your secret and like what sets you apart from all the people that that aren't or say they aren't able to even create one video a week well see i think there's different types of content on youtube right okay. there there's a type of content that you know you need to be super creative you need to you know have a ton of time filming it and perfecting it and whatnot what i'm doing is is not that type of content really let's say you know for instance apple comes out with earnings right now and apple stock goes crazy and and google stock comes out with earnings also right now and their stock crashes or whatever i can put a video together together in a very quick amount of time showing you know what their stocks are doing i can cover you know what their earnings were i can cover my opinion on those stocks 
and it doesn't take me a great deal of time. I can prep all that probably within an hour, record it in 10 or 20 minutes because I do one takes, and then edit it. The edit might take an hour, and there we go. We got two, maybe three hours in, and we got a video created. So for my type of content, it's not hard. Or let's say I want to do a stock market for beginners type video. It might take me an hour to prep and just think like, okay, how long do I want to talk about this? And then I go ahead up there on the whiteboard and I just knock it out and uh, we go ahead and do it and film it and, and uh, edit it and post it. So for me, it's not really too hard. And because there's always stuff going on in the stock market, I can always, I always have new, you know, content to create because there's always, you know, something going on. There's always, you know, uh, an analyst said this, a uh, downgraded a stock, upgraded a stock. This stock crashed today. This stock went crazy today. Um, uh, you know, or the stock market in general. So it, for me, it, it's, it's pretty easy. It, you know, I keep it simple. I don't do crazy edits or anything like that. I try to make it a little entertaining, but it's not like it's like to the point where, you know, we're spending eight hours on an edit or something like that. Like some YouTubers might need to. So. All right. So that being said, what would you tell somebody who is thinking about getting started with creating content online, but they're not quite sure where to get started and how to actually like do that? Yeah, I would say, mm, boy, that's a, that's a deep question because you take it a lot of places. I would say one, you have to be patient. You need to just be patient with this. Don't expect money to come in, maybe ever, <laughs> and, and certainly don't expect it overnight. Um, you're gonna, it's gonna take. It takes a while to build an audience. You really have to, you know, show them that you're consistent. Um, make them feel like they're part of the community and whatnot. It takes a while. So I think patience is number one. Two, you know, do something you're passionate about. Don't do something because you think there's money. Excuse me. Do, don't do something because you think there's money in it or something like that. Do it because you have belief in it, because you have passion toward it. And I think that's what kept me going all those, you know, years in the early days, you know, 2016, 2017, when there wasn't a ton of money coming in, especially 2016, uh, I was passionate about it. It was easy for me to talk about this type of stuff. So I would, I would say, you know, make sure that you're passionate about it and make sure you're patient with it. If you're not, you know, the two P's, if you're not passionate about it, you're not patient with it, it's probably not going to work. It's just the truth. So. Absolutely. And I know myself included, a lot of young people are, are bouncing around between a lot of different things, not really sure where they should be committing their time, their energy, their attention to. Um, how do you decide when a project is worth you diving deeper into or when it's time to just like scrap because like you want to have that patience, but there's a point where you're, where you're putting too much of your attention into one thing that's not going to go anywhere. So how do you decide when it's time to like throw something to the side and, and, and pivot? So for me, I just want to focus on whatever I feel is most important at a particular time. Um, I'll give you a good example. I was with a YouTuber recently, and he's kind of on the come up right now, and I was teaching him a lot of stuff, and he's like, oh, man, it's, it's starting to get too overwhelming because I have so many people you know, direct messaging me and whatnot. And I said, you got to draw a line in the sand. you gotta do, you got to focus on what's most important right now and, and kind of put everything else to the side. Um, I think sometimes a lot of people try to get into too much stuff and they're worried about missing out on opportunities. I think if you just focus on the core things that you think are the very, very most important, I think that's so key. Um, you know, for me, for instance, I focus, you know, still solely on YouTube. That's my number one focus. After that, there's my stock market group. After that, there's really like my investments. And, you know, I get tons of direct messages pretty much every day. I don't, you know, answer. I don't, you know, read most of my comments on YouTube, not because I don't care, just flat out I don't have the time. And um, so I think a lot of people get caught up into the game of they want to do everything. And sometimes you just have to draw your, you know, put a stick in the sand and say, hey, 
I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I can't do this other stuff because I don't have the time. I don't have the resources to pull that off. I'm going to focus what's most important because if you don't focus on what's most important, you're going to lose that. And if you lose that, then you have nothing. So, um, you know, focusing on what's most important is the biggest key in my personal opinion. Absolutely. And how do you determine for yourself, like what the most important things are for you at a given time? For me, well, it's always been pretty easy because YouTube kind of drives everything for me. Okay. Uh-huh. YouTube really, if it's not for YouTube, then no one buys my books. If it's not for YouTube, no one buys my courses or gets in my stock market group or anything like that. So for me, it, it's very easy to focus in on, let's say YouTube. Cause I'm like, yeah, just going to drive everything in terms of my income sources and where my focus is and, and whatnot. So I need to focus around that now back in, let's say 2016 and even part of 2017 at that time, it wasn't YouTube cause YouTube was the thing that was like a side project. So YouTube wasn't really my full-time focus. Even though I was putting out a video day, it was still contacting realtors, um, reaching out to you know different people in real estate industry, trying to make connections there. At that time, that was my focus. And I kept seeing all this growth on YouTube. And I was like, even though YouTube started, it wasn't even at that point where it was making me more money. I said, I need to start funneling more attention over here. I stopped contacting new realtors. I stopped really taking on new clients and things like that. And I started to focus more on YouTube. I put that in the back burner, even though the real estate was making me more money. So I think you got to just kind of think like, what's, where is my biggest long-term potential? And if it's, if your biggest long-term potential, maybe sometimes isn't even bringing you in the most money at that time. Sometimes it might still make more sense if you're seeing the growth there and you feel like there's progress being made and you're taking new steps up. Um, So I I would say that I would just kind of leave it at that. Yeah, absolutely. Having that long-term vision and really just seeing that progress as it comes and and not, not ignoring that. Yeah, Absolutely. absolutely. All right, Jeremy, I've got some questions that I'd like to ask all of my guests before we wrap up the show. Are you feeling ready for them? Yeah, absolutely. Let's go. Amazing. Let's do it. All right. The first one is what are you excited about right now? This can be something in your business, in the wider realm of the stock market, entrepreneurship, but like something that you are genuinely excited about right now. I'm excited about the the build out of on YouTube of really the investor space. I think that's something that's really lacked um, and that's something I'm trying to help a lot of uh, people on the come up right now in the stock market space and whatnot, trying to realize, you know, here's how to grow, you know, things like that. Cause I look at kind of YouTube and, and, you know, it used to be focused on like cat videos and like way back in the day and like funny stuff like that. Right. And then it was like the video game genre came and there was a makeup genre and those are massive now, right? Millions of tens of millions of hundreds of millions of people every day are watching video game videos or, or, you know, makeup channels or, or car channels or whatever. And so I look at the investing space. I think there's just a massive opportunity there. And I think so many people haven't gotten into investing yet. And I think they're going to get into investing and I think it's going to make people uh, put them in a lot better position of power long-term financially. And uh, I think it's just a cool addition to your life. So that's probably what I'm most excited about this build out of YouTube or social media in general around investing. That is, that's really something I'm excited about at this uh, particular time. Absolutely. And you actually just brought a couple of people out to you and, and sort of show them the ropes, right? Correct. Yeah, correct. Yep. And I might be doing that more in the future just with some, you know, people I, I think have good potential and, and, you know, they're on the right track and whatnot. Um, just bring them out and teach them. You know, I'm just trying to like, you know, I kind of look at it as, uh, as they say, you know, uh, uh, rising tide lifts all boats. And, and you know, the, the more people we can have that are successful in this space, the better off the space will be in general and the bigger it will be. Mm, exactly. Exactly. 
Jeremy, do you have any habits that have served you particularly well? These could be in your business, in your life. Um, I know a morning routine is not one of them, but. (laughs) Definitely not. No, um, you know what? As far as that goes, boy, not really. Um, I mean, the closest thing I could call to a routine is just kind of going through and thinking, what's the most important thing I can do today? You know, and focusing on that. I think that's a real big thing for me. I mean, obviously I do, you know, normal people stuff. I enjoy my kids and my wife and all that type of stuff. But um, I just try to think like, like what's the most important thing I need to do today? And uh, let's focus in on that and let's make sure we get that done. And uh, that's really, that's really, uh, you know, like a ritual for me. So Hmm. do you record your videos, edit your videos, do any of that at the same time every day? Or is it really just flexible? No, it's flexible as of now. When I have a full-time video editor, probably be a little more consistent but as of right now no if i record at night i record at night if i record during the day i do that Hmm. Um, but generally if i'm recording i'm going to be editing pretty straight away because i want to get that video up Hmm. but it's not like a specific time like i I need to record from 10 a.m to 11 a.m or something like that okay cool um i know you're putting out a ridiculous amount of content like we talked about but is there any content that you're consuming right now whether that be books podcasts other youtube channels um anything at all Boy, you know, at this particular time, not really, because I'm so busy because I'm, you know, my editor's not moving out until April 1st. So right now with the second channel, I'm really (laughs) busy. Uh, So at the particular time, no, there isn't. Unfortunately, there's not really a lot of extra time to just enjoy, you know, other people's content and whatnot. So, but I love YouTube. I've always been an avid YouTube watcher and and just a believer in YouTube in general. So, um, but yeah, there's really not at the particular time. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. One thing that I'm also really curious about is what my guests do that doesn't scale. So personally, one thing that I'll do is every day um, I'll go to my new followers on Instagram and I'll send a video DM on my phone to like five to 10 just random new followers just being like, hey, what's up? My name's Apple. I appreciate the follow. If there's anything I can do for you, let me know. Have a wonderful day. Just something really simple like that. Um, But it's not something that I mass produce. I don't record one message and send it off. I don't like have somebody send out messages for me. So is there anything that comes to mind in your business that you do that has that like personal Jeremy touch to it or something that couldn't be like mass produced or or replicated by somebody else? Yeah, the only really, the only thing I do as far as that for the most part is like I have a private stock market group and in there I have a discord and uh, anybody can ask me questions. And even in like in all my courses, I have a private email so people can reach out to me and I don't just give them a generic answer. I try to tell them exactly, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. answer their question. That's really the only thing I do that's not scalable because it's me answering the questions. You know, yeah. they, they want my opinion on this. They want my opinion on that. Um, but in terms of like a free thing, um, no, I don't do anything like that as of right now. Um, there's just not enough time. <laughs> that's <laughs> fair. So, uh, but that's, that's really the only thing that I can't, you know, obviously scale, uh, cause I can't scale my opinion on something. So that makes sense. All right, Jeremy, if our listeners have been enjoying hearing from you and all the value that you've been sharing on this episode today, where can we direct them to go find out more about you and what you are up to with financial education? Uh, I would just say the YouTube channel, financial education, the main channel, just type that in YouTube. If the first thing comes up or even my second channel, financial education too. Um, either one of those channels, that's the best place to uh, find me on a consistent basis. Uh, you can also see me on Instagram, but YouTube's way better because I post way more content on there. So, <laughs> All right, perfect. And I'll be sure to link up both those in the show notes below this episode. Jeremy, do you have any last parting thoughts, closing words of wisdom for our listeners today? 
yeah, I would say, you know, um, stay patient with things. A lot of people, especially a lot of young folks, they, they want to become a millionaire tomorrow. It doesn't happen that way. It takes time. It's built, it's building, it's growth. Even, you know, my story, um, you know, it's about, it's about building and, and growth over time, you know, and, and setbacks along the way, some setbacks here and there, and just kind of bouncing back from those, realizing it doesn't happen overnight. You know, even, even a story like mine, it's really 10 years in the making. You know, you might think, well, he started YouTube on 2016. He's like the success now in 2019. Really, if it wasn't for all those stocks I'd looked into all those years, all that research I'd done, all that background work, we never get to this point. So it's really been a decade in the making. So just realize pretty much anybody that you've ever seen that's really successful, they, they've probably been putting in the work for long before you realized it. Let's put it that way. So mm, Absolutely. An overnight success rarely happens overnight. Jeremy, thank you so much for spending your time here on Young Smart Money. I really do appreciate it. You dropped a ton of value today and I'm sure our listeners appreciate it as well. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening to this episode of Young Smart Money. If you want to support the show, you can do so in three different ways. You can subscribe, you can leave me five, and you can share this episode with a friend. To subscribe, all you got to do is click the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. To leave me five, all you got to do is scroll all the way down to the bottom of the podcast's page for Young Smart Money and click on the Write a Review button. And to share with a friend, all you got to do is screenshot yourself listening to this episode, post on your Instagram story, tag me, and I'll be sure to repost it in my Instagram story as well. I love giving you guys some attention who are listening to the show. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the next one. Real quick, just launched a new project called the Online Course Examiner, basically the Yelp of online courses. It is blowing up lately, onlinecourseexaminer.com. Check it out.